Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In South Dakota, we're looking forward to exploring new roads and wide open spaces. When you're ready to travel, go great places. Learn more at TravelSouthDakota.com. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. What's up, everybody? It's your boy B. Scott with the Philadelphia Eagles. I just want to thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star rating. Fly, Eagles, fly. All right, thanks for tuning in to Eagles Brawl of the Broad Network. However, you're listening, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher now. We are available on Stitcher or YouTube. We greatly appreciate it. Johnny, it's great to be back with you, my friend. It's been a while. 12 days, you said? Yeah, 12 days, I think, since we last spoke to Mike. This is a bit of sort of the quiet season. Uh, so we're trying to think of some ideas to do. We still want to talk a bit of football. So we come up with this little idea. Uh, I should shout out the guy whose idea we are completely stealing. So I, I'm sure you have the name. If you don't, I've got it up in front of me. I did remember. Yeah, uh, was, Daniel, uh... yeah Daniel R. Popper, um, who writes for The Athletic. It's sort of the idea of ranking 20 most important players to the Eagles this year. So I'm sure you're going to stress this a lot. But before uh, you tweet me, we are not ranking the best 20 players. So it's the idea we're basically ranking the 20 players who will have the biggest impact on how the team fares this year. So as an example, I think Daniel uh, Popper had Keenan Allen at like 17. Um, and there's no way Keenan Allen is the 17th best player on the Chargers. He just doesn't right. think he'll have as big of an impact as others. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, yeah, I think we we said we'll do one to 10 today. So we're actually going from the bottom. We're going from one rather than starting from 20 because we decided actually there's probably – less variation at the top so we thought we'd oh start i know my yeah. my 11 to 20 is incredibly interesting and i know i i'm positive yours is too and i'm sure they're incredibly oh, different dude. that's the reason why i wanted to wait because i think a lot of times you and i agree on a lot of stuff and i mean at least if we do agree on a lot of stuff we explain why to a full extent and that might not be the same so that's what i love about us but i know for a fact my 11 to 20 is different than yours. And I think it's going to be an interesting d- discussion, but I do want to stress like what you just said, we are not ranking who we think the 20 best players on the Eagles are. We are not ranking who we think the 20 best players on the Eagles are. We and are just ranking kind of, which I forgot to say, uh, we don't know each other's lists. So we, Oh yeah, we don't know. The only thing we I have... know uh, a bit of a sad topic is I had Brandon Brooks at eight and I think you had him at seven. Uh, but that's oh, the only thing tough. I know. I know nothing about your list. Uh, you know nothing about mine. So as we're counting it down, I've got a list. Of, I've got to write down yours as we go along, so I remember who you've taken. But yeah, the idea yeah. being that we have no idea how we've both come to this exercise. So it'll be interesting because we get to discuss a few players. We'll probably hit on the 20 or 20 different Eagles players, or probably 20 more because we won't have the same 20. And we can sort of talk a little bit about them and also just see uh, where we differ in terms of how important we think each player will be. So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to this one. 
So right before I start, I just want to give a shout out real quick to the company that we use for our recordings because a lot of you have pointed out to me in my direct messages asking me how I record with Johnny when he's overseas at the quality that we do. I use squadcast.fm. It is a subscription based and I do have an expensive package with them, unfortunately. Uh, I love using them, though. It's great quality. It was completely worth it. You can either choose to do the yearly subscription, which is what I do just to get it over with, or you can do the monthly payment. Uh, they give you an hour's allowance each month to record with everybody. Johnny and I have about 28 hours of recording hours to use, so we'll never run out each month. And they give you a new allowance each month. So I, I highly recommend Squadcast. Dot .fm for a podcast company if you're looking for a place to record or have guests on to record at studio quality. But Johnny, I'm 100% sure though that we definitely got number 1 the same. Yeah, so do you want to start? Like, yeah, I'll start because that I want to make this one as quick as possible. It's obviously Carson Wentz, the franchise quarterback. The Eagles go as far as Carson Wentz takes them in 2020 has all the speed added. Uh, the offensive line is a lot weaker, though, and that's what I, I think Carson Wentz has to play at a level that he's never played at before next year. And the reason why I think so is because you do not have the security of Jason Peters, and I know Jason Peters got hurt a lot, and Big B was in a lot of times when Carson Wentz was there, and he's played with Diller before already th- this past season. But I I think we under I, – and I don't want to get into it that much because we have the rest of the list to go, but I think we really undervalue the offensive line play that Jason Peters – kind of, Brandon Bruce gave you combined uh, two legitimate starters, two high profile guys, two uh, Jason Pierce, a huge fall hall of famer. And Brandon Brooks is in the same class as Quentin Nelson and Zach Martin. This is a whole different outlook on the offensive line next year. You're really, your reliable starters are Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. And as I said before, multiple times, I'm a firm believer in Isaac Sayamalo's development. I, I'll go again. He, cause he is also on this list. I'm not going to say where, but he's also on this list, but we need him to step up the big time this year because this offensive line play is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I want to see Wentz tell Peterson, hey, I need to make more plays outside the pocket. That's where I'm incredibly successful. This offensive line is not going to be as sturdy as it was in years past. I need to make more plays outside the pocket. I need to elevate my game to a new level this year, given the circumstances of what's in front of me. And you gave me all these weapons. You gave me all these guys that are have the ability to separate. I need Carson Wentz to have a season that he's never had before, and that's exactly why he's number one. And, I mean, obviously for the other reasons of the Eagles go as far as the, he takes them. Johnny, you know, have anything to say to it? No, it's a good thing you started because my analysis was Carson Wentz and then, obviously, I mean, you didn't actually let me say my number one. You just went off on one. So you were lucky I had the same one. Otherwise, that would have been an awkward uh, me waiting to get a word in. But yeah, Well, no, because that would have been a surprise, and then everybody would have dropped, would have dropped because I think – if anybody else would have made this list, number one is Carson Wentz for them as well. Yeah, we're not we're not going for the hot takes. Uh, I don't think when we started this podcast, we said we're not going to make hot takes for the sake of it. Uh, no, any any list that doesn't have Carson Wentz number one is wrong. So I don't it's wrong. You Absolutely. I'm not, yeah, no. I'm, not entering a, I'm not entering a discussion. I'm very rarely like that, but I don't care. You're wrong. Uh, Carson Wentz is clearly the most important player for the Eagles this year. It's not uh, very close. Um, when you get your franchise quarterback, most teams go as far as they do. If you're screaming back up quarterback won the Super Bowl, yes, he did in a very specific team in a very specific year uh, with a hell of a lot of luck. But, you know, that's how things go in sports. Uh, but, yes, Carson Wentz is the most uh, important player for the Eagles this year. And he will, he will have the biggest impact on how the team fares. If he has a great year, we will probably have a great year. If he has a below average year, we will probably be a below average team. That's pretty much all I've got to say. I'm interested if you have the same number two as me as well. I, you might not. So go ahead. Start it. 
All right, so I put uh, Jason Kels. What about you? Ooh. I put Fletcher Cox, but Jason Kelsey's right behind him, so oh, we're so you not got, too different. You, you got Jason Kelsey three? Yes. All right, I haven't, so I'll wait till I say my number three. I'll go first, and then why I put Jason Kelsey two, and then you can talk a little bit about why I put Cox. Uh, so, in my opinion, offensive lines are sort of a strange position to evaluate, because Kelsey is obviously a freak by himself. Uh, but offensive lines are really hard to judge, because they're not always just about individuals. It's much more about the collective, uh, which is why I think the Eagles have probably run with Matt Pryor this year, for example, because it's about how people perform as a unit. And sort of underrated, but the Eagles' offensive line individually were good last year. And I think sometimes because there's so many... Sorry, not the underrated part about them being good. I'm getting on to the underrated part. Everyone knows they were good. But what the underrated part is, is I think the Eagles actually had a little bit more issues in pass protection than some people would say. I think it's hard when you look back at it, because when you when you look individuals, you think, well, Peters is great, Sam Arnold's good, Kelsey's unbelievable, Brooks is unbelievable, Johnson's unbelievable. You think, well, no one gets pressure. But if you remember taking your eyes back to those Eagles games, and some of it was the weapons were poor, but there were some games when the pass protection wasn't always brilliant and Wentz had to make a few too many plays outside of structure. So I think even more so now Matt Pryor's gone, I think Kelsey has an absolutely huge impact on how this team plays. I think he's going to have to coach up Pryor. I think he still probably has to coach up Sayamalu uh, and Dillard, to be honest. So I think he's going to have an absolutely massive uh, sort of reason why the Eagles will be good. And I also personally think he's probably the second best player on the team as well. So no surprise, I have him too. I wouldn't say you disagree hugely because you have Cox ahead. But any reason no, why, and why would you have? I, I actually did... have Cox a little bit lower. So I'll let you uh, make the argument for him first. Interesting. Uh... No, I, I'm not going to argue with you about that for sure. All right, so sorry about that. I had to pause real quick and deal with a little interruption by the dogs. But I won't argue with you with Kelsey at number two because I think Kelsey has such an important role. And like I said, I have a number three. But the reason why I have Fletcher Cox at number two is he is the best player on the defense. That team runs through that defense. And as much as we want to give Nick Foles credit, as much as we want to give Doug Peterson credit, and I'm glad Mike K came on episode nine and pointed out as well, we severely underrated Jim Schwartz's personnel and impact on the 2017 season. Without Fletcher Cox, there is no Lombardi in Philadelphia. If he has another monster year that he had in 2017, that defense, that team is going places and Fletcher Cox is going to be the main one leading the way. That's why I think it's so important for him to have – because look at him last year. With all the injuries they had, the interior defensive tackle, with him playing – especially when since he's getting older now, with him playing all that snap, doing all that work, facing all those double teams, it neutralized that defensive line. It exposed that leaky secondary multiple times. They need Javon Hargrave to step up this year, be healthy. They need Javon Hargrave – you know, excuse me, Malik Jackson to offer anything – along death. They need Hassan Ridgeway to come into with how Jim Schwartz runs the system, but they need to keep Fletcher Cox in the best position to succeed. And Fletcher Cox having a monster year always leads to great things for the Eagles, always leads to great things to the Eagles defense, especially that front seven, especially with that leaky linebacker core. They need Fletcher Cox to be on his all pro type game to be a top five defense in the NFL. I'm not sure they can be. I think Darius Slade does add a huge dynamic to what they're able to do, especially to Cole Roby Coleman as well. But they need Fletcher Cox to have an all-pro season this year for them to be a Super Bowl contending team. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think Cox uh, sort of had a slight down year last year, but then you mentioned that you have to put everything in perspective. A down year for Cox is like, 
a backup all pro rather than a starter. I mean, it's not exactly like you have to add context to it, man. Yes, they, exactly. they they really thought they knew Timmy Jernigan was going to be hurt. They yeah. they thought Willie Jackson was going to be the answer. He got hurt immediately week one in Washington. Hassan Ridgeway got hurt immediately as well. They're running guys out there named Anthony Rush, Albert Huggins, who we'd never even heard of. You can't keep putting these guys that aren't NFL caliber starters next to Fletcher Cox and expect him to make water out of wine, especially when he's aging. He's still an elite talent. He's still a great player. You need to keep adding the help around him. That's why they went out this offseason and invested $39 million over three years into Javon Hargrave. Yeah, we spoke a lot as well about the importance of a defensive line. Anyone that knows the Seagulls team and those shorts knows that the team will go really probably as far as the defensive line goes. Right, so you had Wentwan Cox 2 and you had Kelsey 3, yes? Yes, and I can explain why I had Kelsey 3. It's, majority was the same reason why you're saying, but you're absolutely right about one thing, and it's actually been a trend ever since Carson Wentz entered this football team, and I would argue Doug Peterson too. This offensive line is not as great as pass blocking as people believe. It it's why PFF is so high on this offensive line is how amazing they do in the run, and how average to a slightly above average they do in pass protection. That makes them such a superior line because they perform that way. Because they're run, they're the best. I think they're the best running uh, run blocking offensive line in the league. They I think were. they're better than that. You don't think they're Oh yeah, because they bad. lost. Yeah, yeah. All right, so this. This past year they were with how they had out there. I don't know if they're going to be continuing going forward, obviously, with all the losses they had. But they're, that, they're superior in that aspect. And Jason Kelsey, I think, is the key component to that rushing attack. Uh, we always see him bouncing outside on zones, the athletic frame to pick up blocks, pick up linebackers, pick up safeties. He is the most important player on the offensive line. He is the quarter. He does the audibles. He's so important to Carson Wentz's success. You can't make this list and not put Jason Kelsey in your top five without any, especially with the, like you said earlier, with uh, he needs to say him all to be better. He has Matt Pryor most likely coming in that he needs to help out. Blood uh, Dillard's coming in. This is a whole new era of offensive line play for Philly that Jason Kelsey has to lead while he's also contemplating retirement at the same time. So it's, it's, they're put, they put a lot on Kelsey's plate. Uh, they yeah, intentionally it, do so, though, because it's not like we expected Brooks to get hurt. But there's a lot on Kelsey's plate this year. You're Again, you're probably at – the reason why I have him so high, like I have Wentz, like I have Cox, like I have Kelsey, is because you need them to be on their best games this year in order for the Eagles to win a Lombardi. Yeah, big time. And same for my number three. So I haven't gone Cox yet. I am sticking with the offensive line. So I'm going Lane Johnson as the third most important player uh, for the Eagles this year. And to be honest, it's very same reasons as what we've said about the importance of the offensive line. I I probably, I can't remember exactly where I had Lane pre-Brooks injury. I don't think I had him this high. I think he was probably down in fifth. I bumped him up post-Brooks injury. I now think uh, Lane Johnson is hugely important to the Eagles. I mean, he already was. As I said, he was top five for me anyway. But I think that right-hand side now, you've mentioned it before. You've looked at Miles Sanders' numbers. They run a hell of a lot to the right. Just because Brooks is out is not going to change that. They're not going to suddenly start running to Andre Dillard and Isaac Samardu's side more. They're going to run to the right a lot. Matt Pryor is a big guy. Lane Johnson is arguably the best right, or is probably the best right track tackle in the league. They're still going to run to that side, so he has a huge job on his hands. He's also more likely that won't get as much help um, from maybe running backs chipping and stuff because a good chance they might have to help out Pryor a bit. Uh, so Lane's probably going to be by himself a lot, one-on-one with some very, very good 
edge rushers. So I think that I don't think I had him as high pre Brooks injury. But again, an injury like that does affect everything. So I now have Lane uh, up at three. So my top three are Wentz, Kelsey, and Lane. I'm sticking with the uh, the offense with the top three. Lane's Lane's not that far off for me either. But it, I put some guys above him, which and I put in my description. I felt criminal doing so. So. We'll get into so we did number three, Jason Kelsey, and yours is Lane. Yep. So who have you got for? Do you want to go first? Yeah. So I got Brandon Graham. So again, the team wins through the defensive line. When Brandon Graham's not playing his best game, they're not going to win. It's that simple. They went through the defensive line. That's all I'm going to say. He makes as as large of an impact as Fletcher Cox does on that defense if not at times larger because obviously he strips sacked Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And he does come up with these clutch plays out of nowhere that you're like, wow, like from the player that he was when he came to Philly to now, amazing to see that transition. I absolutely love it. It's just you look at this defensive line this year. They haven't brought back Vinny Curry yet. Uh, that's something that I still think might be on the horizon if you go into these camps and Jernard Avery and Joshua and Shreve Miller aren't exceeding expectations like you thought they would. But even if they bring back Brittany Curry, you're still looking at a defensive line that, that isn't what Graham's used to. He's not there's he's not used to like because again, I don't know if you ask Malik Jackson to kick outside to play offensive tackles while you can move Graham inside on third downs. I don't know I don't know if you're gonna be asking him to do that, that much anymore with what the situation is at defensive end. So you need Graham to be on again on one of his top games rushing the edge because he's your best pass rush threat. It's that simple. So yeah. I need Brandon Graham to have a like one of the better. Like again, I I keep saying this, but that's why these are my guys are my top five and not way down the list because I need these guys to perform at levels either they haven't performed at or continue their elite play. And I need Brandon Graham to perform at a level he hasn't performed yet. I need to get ten to eleven sacks out of Brandon Graham this year, and it's definitely feasible. Yeah, it's definitely nah. feasible. Derek Barnett is in a situation where he can also step up. Adding Javon Hargrave. Opens so many windows what he can do. I think his impact is sorely underrated, and he did make my list as well. I'm not going to say where, but he did make it. Um, it's just this defensive line needs to do so much, especially with the leadership. Uh, Darius Slay is your is your leader of your secondary, most likely, because, I, I mean, come on, most proven player. He's your best player in your secondary, most proven one. Uh, been a shutdown corner in this league. He's your leader in the secondary, but he he's entering your team post-pandemic. You don't know how they're going to be able to form team chemistry or how well they're going to do it. I know you can see this stuff on Twitter, but it's completely different on a football field. So you need these guys, the Fletcher Coxes, the Brandon Grams of the world that have been in charge of your football team and your defense for years to step up and show that, hey, we need to play at elite levels so we can help the guys out that we're prepping up so much. And, I mean, look at what Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham have been doing this offseason, though. They're nonstop training. Fletcher Cox has been having the whole entire Eagles defensive line come train with him up at his house during this whole entire thing. If they're lean, they're they're they've both look like they're in the best shape I've seen them in in a while. So they're preparing to be the main contributors on this team, anyways, this year, as they are majority of every other season, also. But that's why I have them so high ranked. But I mean, Lane Johnson, I'm not going to argue with you at all because of what you said, and he's not that far off for me. 
Yeah, remember, I, I actually had lane at three, so I haven't said my four. So you've gone Wentz, Cox, Kelsey, and then uh, you've gone Graham. I have Graham up there, but not as high as you, pretty much as high. Um, so I've had Wentz, Kelsey, Johnson. And I think you'll notice a big theme of my top 10, actually, is I value offense more. And I think part of that is just the way I view the Eagles at the moment. But anyway, uh, I do have my first defensive player now. I don't have Graham, and I don't have Cox. Uh, I went Darius Slay above Graham and Cox. And I actually put on my list, you can make an argument that Darius Slay could be two, uh, in my opinion. I think although Cox is a better player, and I think Graham's a better player, I put here sort of as my reasoning. I said the Eagles' pass defense will go as far as he does. If Darius Slay is bad this year, the Eagles' defense is probably, I want to say bad, bad in context. If Darius Slay loses a step, at age 28 or 29 or whatever he is, and he can't cover number one receivers as well as he has in the past, the Eagles are in a big-time struggle. I mean, the Eagles are going to struggle because their number two cornerback is going to struggle. Uh, they might struggle with slot corner a little bit, not with Nico Robbie Coleman, I mean more when the safety comes down. And if they get beat up by number one receivers like they did last year, they're in big trouble. So I think Darius Slay is an absolutely hugely important player this year. We haven't, as we've spoke about in the past, we haven't had a secondary uh, very good for a long time or this talented for a long time. We haven't had a number one corner who can travel with opposing wide receivers uh, for a very long time. So I think Darius Slay, as I said, I could make he was my number three before the Brooks injury. I uh, pushed him down below Lane Johnson. Uh, but I think you can make an argument to bump him up to two, honestly. I think Darius Slay, and I don't want to put too much pressure on a free agent signing, but I think he's huge. I think he's absolutely huge. I think this Eagles secondary has got beat badly for a long, long time. And I think the Eagles, I don't expect this to be a great pass defense, but they have to be good. They at least have to be average. And I think Slay is going to play an absolutely massive role in that. So, yeah, I have my first defensive player, and it's Darius Slay, not Cox or Graham. So, Going in number five, Darius Slay is my number five. And for for almost the same, I mean, exactly the same reasons. But even to go into more depth than that, you're looking at this conference that has Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, Mike Evans. You're looking at your own division that has Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Terry McLaurin, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. You're looking at the Packers of Devontae Adams. You're looking at the Vikings of Adam Thielen. This conference is full of of wide receivers that the Eagles cannot contain. So they needed that true number one corner to compete in the playoff because they at this point, you can't go into New Orleans and shut down Michael Thomas. They weren't able to. That, that I think that a lot of people want to harp on uh, Brandon Brooks and Alshon Jeffrey's drop. If they would have contained Michael Thomas any better, that game would have been easily won. They, Michael Thomas just sh- shredded that secondary. Allen Robinson really went at them in that wild card game in 2018. This past year, they couldn't stop DK Metcalf. They need Darius Slay to take away at least one wide receiver, and it has to be the number one wide receiver. But they need to take him away out of this game. Or like you said, they're screwed. That cornerback two position, no matter what, it could be Sidney Jones, it could be Avante Maddox. My gut's telling me it's Maddox, but we keep discussing that topic, and I want to continue on this list. I don't think they're going to be the answer this year. I mean, again, they're facing like the weaker wide receiver no matter what. But again, we're talking about a passing era of football where you look at all these wide receiver duos and all these wide receiver trios around the league. And there's, there's very talented cores, especially in Dallas. And most of you, the wide receivers that, like I said earlier, you're playing for six games out of your season already in your own division. So yeah. they need Darius Slay to be that number one. I believe he can. I think his lack, I don't want to say lack of play, but his down year in terms of his play last year was 
the hamstring and playing majority press coverage with a bummy hamstring. I think he's going to be perfectly fine in the defense that fits him and a defensive coordinator that drafted him when he was in Detroit. He needs to – that's why I, I agree with you. You could argue that he needs to have the second most impact on this team. I know everybody wants to harp on the well, the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. The Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles and a second-year head coach. I don't – stop comparing to what they did in 2017. I know I keep bringing up like I want Cox and Grand for and Kelsey to perform on those levels, but that was lightning in a bottle. They, they seriously need in this passing era a number one cornerback to step up and take away the team's legitimate number one threat. And and not be exposed because Tom Brady did throw 500 yards in that Super Bowl. If those if that strip sack doesn't go our way, that whole entire game is different. That Super Bowl came down to lucky plays that went their way. It doesn't work like that in football consistently every week. They need that number one corner to step up finally for once, and they need Darius Slade to be the player that he's proven to be in years past. So yes, I have him making my top five no matter what at least. And I think again, like you said with Wentz, you can't make this list. And not have Darius Slay in it. You're wrong if you do. Because they it's I've told you exactly why. You see all those wide receivers in those conf and are in the own NFC conference that you're most likely to face in the playoffs. I didn't even throw Debo Samuel in there. Like all these good playoff teams have that legitimate either not even just one wide receiver, but they have two. So the Eagles definitely need a cornerback to step up to make that game. It's, to make the whole entire game different, to help their pass rush up even more. Because, again, it's not like Cox and Graham are getting any younger. They need the secondary to finally help them out. So they need Darius Slay to be the number one corner he's been proven to be able to be. And yeah, that's why he makes thing, all my top five. Last thing on Slay as well, because I think uh, we're probably quite similar here. Top six is not surprising. I think after that it maybe gets a bit more odd. Um, but just last thing on Slay – um, you mentioned that we've mentioned this quite a lot as well. Schematically, I think the Eagles are gearing up quite clearly to be a cover one, cover three team this year. They don't really have a second deep safety. Um, the idea is say will take away number one wide receivers and the Eagles know they're going to be outmatched at number two. The, most teams, number two wide receiver are going to beat Maddox and Jones quite consistently. So they're going to have to roll a safety over to that side. So Slay is probably going to be on an island a lot of the time. So as I said, if Slay doesn't take away the number one option and you have to start committing extra coverage over his side, this defense has got a huge issue. So I would go Slay at four as well. Oh, sorry, I've, I've gone Slay at four, you've gone five. Just to wrap up the top five, uh, you've already mentioned him. I don't really need to say much more about him. I've got Fletcher Cox at five. Uh, again, I think he has to be in the top five only list. So we've got the same five players. Uh, actually, no, we haven't. We haven't got the exact same five because I've got Lane Johnson in there, whereas you have Brandon Graham. Um, but I imagine uh, you might have him pretty soon. I have Brandon Graham pretty soon. So, yeah, I have Fletcher Cox at five. And for sort of the same reasons, as you mentioned, to be honest, he's probably the Eagles' third best player, in my opinion, behind Wentz and Kelsey. And, yeah, I just put here, very, very simple, he needs to have a big year. Um, I think it's a really good point you mentioned about Slay as well, about sort of the defensive line has been carrying this team. And it's all very well every year saying, oh, the D-line needs to be great for everything else to work. Defense isn't just about one thing. Everyone needs to play well. Uh, we're already sort of ignoring the linebacker position to an extent. So the defensive line are going to have to have a monster year. And that's why, just leading on from that to make it quicker, my number six is Brandon Graham. So I've got the same uh, as you've mentioned. I have Graham at six. You had him at four. We're pretty similar. Do you have Lane Johnson at six by any chance? I have Lane Johnson at six. And I go. even put, like I said, I put in my description, putting Lane in this low felt criminal, especially after the loss of Brandon Brooks. So anchoring the right side, we all know is Lane's forte. We all know that he's graded in. You you see the numbers when when Lane Johnson plays, the Eagles win. When he doesn't, they're a below 500 team. 
The thing about it, though, is Brandon Brooks plays a lot into that, though. Brandon Brooks has transcended, I think, Lane Johnson. I mean, even when Lane Johnson was drafted in 2013, right out the gate, he played at a high caliber right tackle level. But insert Brandon Brooks in 2006, um, 2016, that isn't Alan Barbare. And Lane Johnson's play transcended to a whole new level. So to ask him to face a whole entire season without Brandon Brooks, you you have to ask Lane to step up in a whole new way. That's why I, I completely agree with you to, to have him where you have him. I, I just need the, those guys to contribute more this year than I need Lane to. Because I, I know Lane's going to play at an all-pro right tackle level. I do need him to play at a different level than he's ever played before because, again, Matt Pryor's being inserted. But like you said, and like I said in the previous episode, Matt Pryor fits the mold of what they wanted at offensive guard. Stefan Wisniewski played at a – I thought he played at a good level with the Eagles, but he was never the size and the fit that they wanted. They wanted Sayamalu to give Grask that job. They forced Sayamalu into that starting job when he didn't even deserve it at the time. And now I would say he does. They went out in 2016, signed Brandon Brooks right away for his massive size. And, again, he was a good starter in Houston. He became an elite starter in Philadelphia. Matt Pryor fits the same mold. He could play offensive tackle if he, if he wanted to. He's huge. He's a massive figure, 6'7", 300 plus. So I have faith in him. I think playing between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson even boost your overall play even more. But again, Lane is number six for me. I need him to play at a level that he hasn't played at before, just like the other guys. But I'm not too worried about him compared to the rest. That's why I have him number six. But it did feel criminal, like I said. But I need Lane to anchor this whole entire offensive line just because he's the only reliable offensive tackle they have now too. So yeah, that's a good point. Lane has to have a massive impact this year. Yeah, I mentioned it as well. They're going to have to roll cover. They're going to have to roll protection to the other side a lot um, to help out Dillard a lot. So Lane will be one on one. I like that you pointed out about the right side. They they I mean, again, it's Miles Sanders' best side is used on the right side, and yeah. it, it proved in this Penn State film as well. But uh, when you have Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, and Jason Kelsey anchoring the right side when you're shifting that way, that helps a lot too. So uh, that's, again, why Lane's impact is even more important yeah. this year, especially in the run game as well as anchoring that side. So I reckon we'll tweet this out, obviously. I reckon we'll get a few different fans' opinions, but I reckon most people would have the top same, the same top six, I think. I'm not saying you're wrong if you don't, but I think that they're quite clearly, in my opinion, anyway, the six. You can maybe argue one or two more in there, but we've got different orders, but I think the six we've mentioned are probably, uh, I reckon most people would come to the same conclusion. I reckon the last four. I would hope so. Yeah, I reckon seven and ten are going to be interesting there. I don't want to sound cocky because it's not like, I mean, you and I, the reason why I love doing this with you is because you and I don't act like know-it-alls. Like, we'll listen to everybody's opinion. <laughs> yeah. and, and even if we disagree, okay, well, we listened and we heard yeah. what you had to say. Unlike other people would just tune you out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you don't have that as your top six, because even if you if if you say Zach Ertz, you want to put in there over those guys, I would argue why. You have right, Dallas Goddard. Your, I think Who's your seven? I do have Zachary at seven, but I mean, no, I don't, I don't right. know how you could put him in your top six over those guys, though. Yeah. Zachary is your best, is your number one target. He's your, Wentz's best friend. He's his security blanket. You know that when Wentz looks on the field, Ertz is his first read. So I don't know how Ertz can't make your top ten at least, but he can't make your top six when you have Dallas Goddard, who's emerging. I think he's going to be even better next year with the vertical elements that you've added, especially considering the fact he's going to have minimal attention now with those vertical elements. Uh, in there, but again, Zach Ertz is your number one target. 
the reason why I have him number seven is the emergence of Goddard's going to happen this year. So if Ertz, like, again, if he misses that game against New York, I don't think you – if he misses a game, I don't think you can automatically say the Eagles are unfavored in that game because Ertz is out. You have Goddard who can step up and – Clorox knows you want your clothes smelling fresh and clean. But so what happens. That's why we created Clorox Fabric Sanitizers to freshen up your clothes between washes, pre-treat extra stinky laundry, and make sure every last odor comes out in the wash. Clorox fabric sanitizers take care of all that and eliminate 99% of odor-causing bacteria. Plus, they're bleach-free and safe for all colors and fabrics. When it counts, trust Clorox. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing, equal housing opportunity. Perform well. Uh, but once trust hurts more than any player on the field. So that's not going to change. In yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to roll of that point as well, because I don't have a seven. I have Ertz eight. Uh, so we're basically similar. Um, so I have Ertz one position lower than you. I have it seven. And you mentioned a really good point there. Before I say that, uh, you said sort of Ertz goes down in a game. You think it won't change too much. I can't believe I've got a running back this high, Connor. But at number seven, I'm going Miles Sanders. I've been a huge Ooh. Miles Sanders guy forever. I'm sort of of the opinion, not as much as some people on Twitter that really don't think running backs don't matter, which is uh, a bit of a ridiculous statement. Um, running backs do matter, of course. The question is, do you pay running backs? That's an entirely different discussion. The question about do running backs matter? Well, of course running backs matter. Uh, I think if Mole Sanders was to go down for a significant amount of time, this offense would change uh, quite drastically. So I think that's probably why I give him the edge over Ertz, because Ertz has got such an easy replacement, whereas Sanders doesn't really. So I've put for Miles Sanders as to why I have him so high. Uh, he won't run the offense. This will be a pass-first offense, but he will play an absolutely massive role. People want to get excited about these wide receivers, and I am too, but the odds are they're not going to contribute in a huge way year one, not a lot of these rookies. So they're probably going to run the ball slightly more than they want. And people might say, well, Brandon Brooks is gone. Yeah, but if anything, you want Matt Pryor in run uh, running block even more because he's probably going to be more of a liability in pass protection. So I think Sanders also, maybe he gets hit in the backfield more. He probably won't be running behind the greatest um, offensive line towards the right side we've nearly ever seen. I mean, Kels, Johnson and Brooks is ridiculously good, as you've already mentioned, the run blocking. There's not many better trios than that. Um, so I think Sanders might have to play better than he did last year because he might not get the huge holes on the right side he did last year. So I think if this Eagles offense is going to have to be good, it's going to have to have a running game. Uh, the benefit Sanders will have this year is the speed should open things up. That's where things will be easier. He won't probably face as heavy boxes as last year. So, yeah, I have Sanders seven and I have Ertz eight. So whereas you have Ertz you kinda, four. You, yeah. you kind of changed my mind on – Oh, really? Because, I mean, not all the way, but you did kind of – because I do have – Sanders is not that far off from me from right. where where we're at anyways. But for those exact reasons. But you look at uh, – I, I, I mean, again, I keep telling people don't compare it to the Super Bowl season or don't compare it to anything like that. But even in 2018, when the Eagles had Josh Adams and Wendell Smallwood, they had no running game. If Sanders goes down, I think they will struggle with the run game. I think Boston Scott might perform a little bit better than those two guys, but I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. Uh, I, yeah, it's going to be an average running game, barely. Carlos Hyde was here right now. Sanders would probably crack my top 10. 
but he wouldn't be seven if Carlos so, was here. Because uh, that's what Hyde, I was going to explain. Hyde can flat out play. Like Hyde is, can carry your rushing game for a few games fine. Sanders becomes even more important. I think even if they sign someone like Shady, he's not going to play that much. Sanders, Sanders no. is the guy. Like Sanders is the guy this year. He's going to get a ton of carries. I see some but, people still worried I, about projecting snaps. I'm not. I think he's hitting easily 15 touches a game, 18, hit 20. Um, I think he's going to Now he has that. no choice. So yeah. now they have no choice because I will say, and I'm all on board that obviously with Miles Sanders. I think he's a superstar in the making. I'm, I keep harping on his episode, but I have to analyze what the Eagles have been telling me. They try to draft J.K. Dobbins. They try to sign Carlos Hyde. They're, there's rumors about Devontae Freeman, but if it, if it was serious, it would have happened by now, I believe. I mean, LaShawn McCoy doesn't eat into any of your snaps. He'd probably be inactive most of the season anyways then if you sign him. But they have sniffed around other running backs is my point. They would have brought Howard back if it wasn't for Miami giving them crazy money too because at the, at the combine, it was rumored that they were interested in bringing Howard back. But, I mean, knowing the Eagles, if a player's coming off an injury the way that Howard was – he wasn't going to sign any, if they weren't if he wasn't going to take a one year prove it deal they weren't going to bring him back. Uh, I but again now they have no choice because you're looking at this proposition of Sanders getting that many touches and I think that's the right thing to do. I think when they because again I I understand the value of depth in the backfield especially in this era of football you always need that second or third running back to provide some type of role or impact but. He can catch well, he can block well, and he can run well. So why take him off the field? So I exactly understand why you have him so high. Uh, I don't have him at number seven, obviously. I have Ertz. Who's but eight? I have Rodney McLeod at eight. Oh, wow. You're, so, yeah, I, yeah, you're higher than me. I'm, yeah, I don't have him that high. I don't have him in my top ten. So I'm not going to tell you where I have him. He's not in my top ten. So Just leave it at that, bud. Yeah, just leave it at that. So why? Convince me. A lot of factors that are outside of McLeod's play are the reason why I have him in number eight. Let's go back to the 2018 season and remember how leaky the secondary became, how the communication completely fell apart, how I thought – I mean, you're looking at guys pointing at each other, not knowing where to go. As soon as Rodney McLeod went down, as soon as Rodney – I mean, again, you saw it last year too, but we all obviously know it was a ton of injuries at corner and – you know the situation at cornerback last year. That's why that communication happened then. But back then, because I thought Avante Maddox was better at corner than he was at safety when he replaced McLeod that season. I thought he performed better at corner than he did at safety. He played well at both positions when it was unexpected of him to even play at safety, but I thought he played better at corner. But you go back to the 2018 se- season, that, that leaky secondary, the communication was just off. Now he's coming back one year, in, two years removed from that ACL injury where you expect him to be even better now because it usually is a two-year injury to really come back from because I thought he his play a little was a little down last year. Uh, good enough to earn a second contract, obviously. But being two years removed, he's in the best shape. He, should, he, he has to be a key member of this backfield. He has to play at a level that the Eagles haven't seen him play before. Losing Malcolm Jenkins, the leader that they have in that secondary, the guy that played every single snap for your defense the last couple of years, you – they don't have a guy on the roster that can replace that level of play. They don't have a guy on the roster that can replace that level of consistency. They need McLeod to play close to or as consistent as Malcolm Jenkins did. They need him to be the leader. They need McLeod to step up and be the guy they originally signed him to be. I always thought that he was an underrated starter for this team. I don't think he's as bad as what people make him out to be, but he's in—he's uh, a barely above average starter. That's just the facts. So I need him to play 
way above that this season. That's why I have him in number eight. Yeah, interesting. I won't say too much about him because I'll talk a little bit about him when I get to him in my second um, or when we do the second episode on this because I have him in my uh, next 10 but not in my top 10. Uh, the one thing I agree with you is when you think about it, he's probably the only player staying in the same role this year in the entire secondary. So little things to think about. If someone's going to help with communication, he is going to be hugely important because even I know Maddox was there, but he wasn't playing outside corner number two. He was in a slot most of last year. So pretty much every single player is playing in a different position except McLeod. Right. So and he's I mean, going to have. And everybody huge, wants to talk about Jalen Mills. Le- everybody wants to talk about Jalen Mills' leadership. I I like Jalen Mills all hype up in the huddle and stuff like that. But again, he's playing a whole different position this year. It's like you just said, McLeod has to be that leader of the secondary. You need Rodney McLeod not Jalen Mills, to be the leader of the secondary this year. I feel like you're subtweeting me because I have uh, – I will spoil it. I have Jalen Mills in my top 20. Uh, bring it on. You know I like Jalen Mills. And I actually have next to his name, important leadership role on defense. I feel like you just personally abused me that time. Because no, because he does have a leadership role. <laughs> I, I do like Jalen Mills. Mills. But you need Rodney McLeod to be the leader of the secondary this year, not Jalen Mills. He's yes. playing a whole new position. Don't put too much on Jalen Mills' plate when he's already proven to be – also, for um, everyone who cannot see this now, me and Connor always have like a video chat going as well. And Connor's look when I said Jalen Mills is in my top 20 uh, was, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I, I'm pretty confident Connor does not have Jalen Mills in his top 20. I do uh, not, but... <laughs> I'll try and convince Schwartz, you. Jim Schwartz's favorite player on defense. He'd be Jim Schwartz's number two. It'd be Carson Wentz one. Jaylen oh, Mills yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. But they need... they If... if they need somebody to replace that Malcolm Jenkins role. And that if Malcolm Jenkins was still on the team, he would be in my top 10 on this list. So if, if you know, that's, a, that's a really interesting discussion. Just really quickly, let's imagine this offseason, right? I don't want to spend too long on this episode. We'll go into nine after. If you imagine Jalen Mills is staying at corner this year, everything's the exact same, but they kept Malcolm Jenkins. Where would he be? I think I'd have him seven below Graham. I probably have. I'd probably take McLeod completely off this list and then replace him with Malcolm Jenkins here at eight. Yeah, so that tells because you uh, the. I still there. need. I still need. Ertz still has more value to this team than Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. Lane Johnson still has value to this team than Malcolm Jenkins. Darius Slay has more value to this team than Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah. I I love Malcolm Jenkins to death. Have him on my wall over there. Yeah. But I. They need somebody that can take away the number one wide receiver. They need the number one target for once. They need the best player on their offensive. They need the two best players on their offensive line. And they need Fletcher and Graham to win on the defensive line more than they need Malcolm Jenkins. So I can't put him yeah. above any of those guys. Yeah. But That's- who do you have at number eight? Let's so go. I, I have Ertz at eight. So I had Sanders seven, Ertz eight. I'm not going to talk any more about Ertz because you went into that well. Uh, so we have – you haven't said Sanders yet, have you? You have McLeod at eight. So uh, I have who- Sanders at nine. You have Sanders yeah, at so nine. So I have Sanders at nine for the same reasons you do. If the Eagles yeah. want to recreate the 2017 Magic, the rushing attack will have to wear down defenses again. It has yeah. to be along the same levels. It has to propel them to own the time of possession, which is hugely important, especially, I would argue, during a pandemic offseason where these guys might not have trained as well as we hope that they did. It, it, it's completely different. There, that rust, I had I envisioned the rust playing well until like maybe week six or seven is when guys really start getting into like the – the mojo of football. Plus, we might not even have a preseason this year, which even eats more into reps. So I need them to wear down the time of possession, which complements Wentz's play action ability as well when the run of the game is up at its best levels. Sanders is a superstar in the making and a dual threat, which we saw what he was. He was their best vertical threat last year. Yep. Speaking, of vertical, a- speaking of vertical threats, 
I, at number nine, I'm going to jump in here because you said vertical threat. I have Deshaun Jackson, which I mentioned because I reckon some funny because Deshaun is my number 10. So oh, we're not that, our, 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 our top 10 is not that far off. Right. I thought I'd be higher than you. That's interesting. Yeah. So we're quite similar. Uh, so you have Deshaun 10, I have him nine. Um, it's just because you mentioned vertical threat. Uh, yeah, he is. Why is Deshaun Jackson nine? Well, because and I put this, which is a bit scary. Let me just say one thing on Miles Sanders before you finish with yeah, Deshaun exactly, Jackson, because exactly. I want because you're probably going to take my whole entire Deshaun Jackson <laughs> description for number ten, anyways. The Eagles haven't had a talent in their backfield of Miles Sanders, Miles Sanders caliber since Lashawn McCoy. Would the Eagles haven't had it the quarterback play, and yeah, the quarterback play in general. I mean, LaShawn McCoy played with Michael Vick and he played with Donovan McNabb. Neither of those guys, when they have LaShawn McCoy, have played on the levels that Carson Wentz has proven to play. So when you add a superstar in the making like that in the backfield of Miles Sanders to a quarterback that can take your team to what we saw as a first seed, number one seed in the NFC level, opens so many possibilities what they could possibly do. So that's why Miles Sanders has to make my top ten. I don't think it's going to make a lot of people's top tens because, again, the Eagles are more of a pass-heavy team, as we as you alluded to. So that's why I think that he doesn't make most people's top ten. But he gives them an element that they haven't had since LeSean McCoy, and I think that we're not used to that since it's been years since then. So I think people are undervaluing that slightly a little bit maybe. But that's exactly why Miles Sanders has to make my top ten. But go ahead. Tell us why Deshaun deserves to be in the top 10 as well, because I agree yes. with you. And this is a bit of a horrible statement to read out loud, but I basically put he's the only wide receiver you can actually trust next year, which is a scary thought, but I think true. Rager's obviously we like him. We liked him pre-draft. You liked him a lot. Um, he's You can't trust a rookie. No one can. Uh, you can't trust Goodwin with health issues. You can't trust JJ Osteka Whiteside, obviously. You can't trust Alshon. Uh, you, can't, you can't trust any other receiver. He's the only one you can trust. And even he has obviously had injury issues. If Deshaun Jackson can play 10-plus games, uh, I would take it. If you could tell me now we play 11, I would probably take it. I mean, he's going to be a huge player. Yes, he's old. I think he's like 33. He was lightning quick last year. He showed absolutely no signs of slowing down. He's playing with a quarterback. He's probably got the best deep ball he's seen. Um, Wentz is obviously somebody who wants to push it down the field. I think that's quite clear. And they played one game last year and hit on two huge deep bombs. But Deshaun is a weird player because... People think of him as a vertical for any years. He is a much, much better route runner than people realise. He's a very, very good on sort of deep outs, on quick outs. Um, he, can, he can do a lot, Deshaun Jackson. He is not just a one-trick pony going deep. So I think he has an absolutely massive role to play next year. And to be honest, if he doesn't play at all like last year, I think the passing game will be poor as well. So I think he has a... a to be honest, if you could guarantee me that Deshaun Jackson is healthy for 16 games which I can't because, let's be honest, the odds are against him. I think you could easily bump him up to seven below Brandon Graham in that top six. I think Sean Jackson, if he's healthy for a long period of time, and we mentioned this with Mike Kay, but I've done, I'm have i quite a big fantasy guy. And I've done about, not many, some people do way more than me, but I've already done about five best balls uh, this year. I've drafted Sean Jackson in every single one in like the 15th round. I mean, in the last one I just drafted him in, Chase Claypool went the pick before him. I mean, what? This is a best ball. I'm not talking Dynasty League here. How is he going 15th round? I mean, the players going in that same round. I should have looked up before the draft. I literally picked him about three minutes before we started this episode. Literally before you came on, I drafted him in round 15 in the best ball league. People are massively underrating, underestimating Deshaun. Massively underestimating him. So I think he is going to have a... I think he'll have a big year if he's healthy. Health is clearly 
an issue and we can only just hope with that. But he did have all of last year off. So hopefully if he is healthy, I think he will have a massive year. So I have him at nine and I'm glad you have him at 10 because I think he is hugely underrated. He is hugely underrated, but a lot of people don't trust his health and a lot of people don't trust. They don't think they think he's washed. If you ask people, I, if you ask a general NFL fan, when do you think Deshaun, do you think Deshaun Jackson's lost? They're going to say yes. They're, nobody knows that he led the league in yards per reception in Tampa Bay. Nobody knows that. Nobody, nobody thinks – because guess what? Every team he's been on lately has sucked, has not gone to the playoffs. Or he yeah. – like, again, with the Eagles, he wasn't on – he wasn't there for the wild card game because he was out. If the Eagles – don't have Deshaun Jackson majority of the season, their offense is going to struggle again, like you said. Absolutely. Yes, Goodwin, Rager, Hightower, Watkins are all vertical threats. Goodwin is not that good. Might not make the team. I'm just going to say it out there now. I don't care what about the gifts on Twitter are about. I don't care the straight line speed. I feel completely sorry for him that he's gone through all those miscarriages. I thought the E60 special on him was amazing. I personally watched it myself. But you guys are getting emotionally invested in a player that isn't that good. Flat out. Not that good. Just a straight line speed guy. He does not change anything. He's not even as good as Torrey Smith. So, Rager, in a rookie year, look at what this team has done with rookie wide receivers. Can I trust a rookie wide receiver to hit the scene for the Eagles right away? No. Do I think he can? Yes. Because he's way more talented than Nelson Aguilar. He's way more talented than J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He's way more talented than Matt Collins. Way more talented than Shelton Gibson. Way more talented than Jordan Matthews. Way more talented than Josh Huff. I think Rager can hit his stride midseason. Do I think it will be enough if Deshaun Jackson's out, not, not out there? No. Hightower, redshirt year if he makes the roster. Don't see him playing that much. Watkins, practice squad at best. None of those guys know the ins and outs of the offense like Deshaun Jackson does. The COVID plays a huge advantage into number 10's uh, snaps this season his wide receiver share, and his targets from Carson Wentz because they already have the chemistry built in. Because that week one game, when you would think that those guys would still have some rust and you wouldn't expect them to be on the page that they were, those ball, I was in the stands. I was right there. Deshaun Jackson scored right in front of me twice. Right on target, right on target. The ball placement went right to his hands on each of those throws. He had to slow up on the second one, but that's because he was about to, if he would have kept going fast, catching that, he wouldn't have got two feet in the end zone. So, Deshaun Jackson is your number one most important wide receiver on this team next season, absolutely. And the vertical threat that he brings to the team, and we saw how much different the offense looks when they have a vertical element to it, opens up so much more. It create it would actually make Rager's life easier if Deshaun Jackson plays 12 games plus because you can move Deshaun in the slot, put Rager at the Z, or vice versa, and continue doing mismatch advantages. So that's exactly why I have Deshaun Jackson at 10. He... Besides the fact that, again, I'm with you, great route runner. Wentz loves slant passes as well. Yeah. Sean Jackson is probably going to be the best in the slants this year for them. Uh, high volume amount of targets for a while. He, he's going to have the most targets of wide receiver uh, on the team if he play as long as he's healthy. So I, I agree with you. I, I don't understand why his average draft position is low. It's lower than Rager's. Oh, crazy with he, his pay. Even this – because we had Tyler Buecher on here, who was from Fancy Gurus, and I respect that life set a lot. And he, he explained it as best as he could. Nobody trusts Deshaun Jackson's age. Nobody trusts his injuries. And I don't think people think that Deshaun Jackson's been as good as he's been. So I'm with you. He, he The impact that he brings his, to this team is 
definitely top 10 level. If they have him for 12 plus games and they're everything that we said, everything goes right with the players before Deshaun Jackson, like we mentioned, that's a good football team. Yep. And before I give you my 10 to finish it off, just to give you a quick heads up. Uh, so as I mentioned, this is a best ball 12 team. Deshaun Jackson went 15th round. Uh, players before him include Chase, in, include, sorry, Chase Claypool, uh, Boston Scott. Boston Scott went before Deshaun Jackson. Yep, the backup running back in the best ball. Uh, Antonio Brown, who's currently not in the league. Uh, Tony Pollard, who is another backup running back. Uh, Dee Dee Westbrook, who is not even a starter for a Jacksonville. I mean, he's not a top three wide receiver. Uh, also, Daryl Henderson, who is also not going to be a starter. Uh, they all went in the best ball league in front of, especially the best ball league, but injuries don't matter as much because their best score, you want players with high upside. Anyone who knows fantasy, best ball means you want high upside. It's not about consistent production. It's about having big weeks. Those players went before Deshaun Jackson, which is absurd. But anyway, uh, at number 10, you I can had- make an argument. I can make an argument for Boston Scott, though, because... I did not know this. I'm doing fantasy research lately. I did not know this. He was running back seven from week 13 to the rest of the season. Really? Wow. He was running – so everybody's assuming, and I I would say they're right, Darren Sproles' role in this offense is a vital role. We just haven't had Darren Sproles to play it. Yeah. Doug Peterson loves Darren Sproles. I think Boston Scott fills the Darren Sproles role beautifully. And I think he's going to vulture away red zone touchdowns from Miles Sanders this year, unfortunately. Okay. I do loads of fancy stuff nearer the time, so uh, we'll, that, we'll have that discussion. That'd be good. I haven't done my projections yet. When I do, we'll discuss it. Number 10, I have another offensive player, which leaves me uh, with seven offensive players and only three defensive players. I think you have six uh, because you have McLeod. So we have the exact same top 10, except you have McLeod in there. I have Dallas Goddard uh, at number 10, which may seem quite early for a second tight end. But basically, I don't think the Eagles wide receivers are going to be very good this year. Um, I think one-two personnel is going to be run a lot. I also think Dallas Goddard is extremely good, extremely good. I think not underrated because I think everyone thinks he's really good, to be honest. I think Ertz is probably more underrated. I think a lot of people think maybe more of Goddard than Ertz, which I'm not sure I agree. But Goddard is very, very good. And Wentz trusts him. I think red zone looks, he'll get a ton. Uh, I do think this team is meant to be a one-two personnel team. So I don't, as much as we said Ertz can be replaced, Goddard can be replaced too. Because if one of them goes down, fine. You just go to a one-one personnel. I, that's fine, but the odds are this team is meant to be a one-two personnel team. I think it's how they're built. So I think Dallas Goddard is a heavily important player this year. I think, um, yes, he might not be a tie one, but I think he plays a vital, vital role on this team. Uh, so, yeah, I have Dallas Goddard 10. And don't give any spoilers. I'm pretty confident he'll be in your top 20, because if not. Uh, oh, yes, yes. Yes, there we go. I was going to say, I was like, really? Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we won't give any spoilers about who we've got next time. Uh, so, yeah, just really quickly, uh, before you have any final thoughts, I had – I'll let you run down yours after. Um, but I had – Carson Wentz. I'll say one thing about Goddard. I'm with, yeah, really go for it. Their, wide, their wide receivers aren't going to be as good as next year. Their best their best two wide receivers – because they're going to – their wide receiver play will be better in 2020 than it was in 2019, obviously, yeah. if Deshaun Jackson plays, like you said, more than 10 games. But their best two wide receivers next year are Deshaun number one, Rager number two. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I agree. That's it. So one, two person now, you're gonna have a role to play there for sure. So I had uh, I'll let you finish off again on your ten after I had Wentz one, Kels two, uh, Lane Johnson three, Darius Slay four, Fletcher Cox five, Brandon Graham six, Miles Sanders seven, Zach Ertz eight, Deshaun Jackson nine, and Dallas Collett ten. And I'll tweet these out when we tweet out the episode as well. But essentially it's interesting actually. We had the 
we had nine of the same players, which I thought would happen. I think we said the top 10 are more difficult to vary. A few variables, right, nothing massive, but the only one we varied on was I had got a and you have McLeod. And we did have the same order. We had them jumbled around, but I think we pretty much in agreement. I reckon we'll probably disagree a little bit more on next 10 because that's where things get a little bit more interesting. But yeah, they were my 10. So there we go. That's exactly what I wanted to do. One through 10 with you. That's why exactly why. Because we were going to start with 11 and 20 originally. And I was like, well, that, that might be the most exciting episode actually, because that has a lot of, I mean, again, like I said, you and I agree on a lot of stuff. There might be more agreements on there too, but I think the order is interesting. I think we had some different order. I I, I think it's because it's a hard sell on me, my man, to, to tell me that Dallas Goddard's role is more important than Rodney McLeod's next year. It's tough sell for me, my friend. I think that's more where I'm nowhere near as high on McLeod as a player. So I don't think McLeod will be as important. By the way, uh, again, I'm not spoiling it. McLeod's quite high in my next list so he's not very far away from Goddard. oh yeah i i and again Goddard, like, i think Goddard didn't make my list my next list that high but he made he, had he, made... Last year. he had a down year last year and, I don't, and again as you mentioned context is really important I, I think he'll be better this year and i do think he's a very important player next year but i don't think he will have as big an impact as dallas Goddard because in my opinion dallas Goddard is a better player and although we're not ranking the 20 best players the better players are going to have the biggest impact uh, so I think Goddard will have a bigger impact because he's that makes quite sense. A yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I think there. I mean, I'll say it now just to air it out there. I think Dallas Goddard leads the team in touchdown receptions next year. Yeah, I definitely make a case. I think you can definitely make a case. He's, I, a, he's a red zone monster. As a guy that watches so much film, do you do you ever just watch their red zone film and just be like, why isn't Wentz looking at Goddard? He's wide <laughs> open. He's standing there in the back of the end zone. I'm sitting there week one and that roll that rollout play where he threw it to Alshon, who was covered oh, very well. Yeah, if he if he didn't throw it though, but yeah, he should have gone earlier, but hell of a throw, but still. Right. If he did well, not even that, if he didn't make that ball placement where it was that's picked, yeah. he could have easily thrown it to Goddard yeah. back shoulder over there, who's sitting right there doing this. Yeah. Nobody around him. Like I think Goddard will lead the team in touchdown receptions next year. Interesting. So that's an important role. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So here's my top 10 real quick to just go over them real quick. And then I do want to get everybody's interactions. Uh, who thinks they have the better list? I do want to hear this. So tell us on Twitter. Uh, we'll start at one to 10. Cause I think the next time we'll do 11 to 20 is probably going to be ne- the next Monday yeah. after this. So you tell us who has the best one to 10. We'll finish up the 11, 20. And then you guys can tell us who has the best overall list and whoever Whoever gives us the best reasoning why, why let's just say whoever gives us the best reasoning why uh, one has the be- the best list, I'm gonna give them something. We'll give a do we'll do give them a little giveaway. We'll give them a little Eagles memorabilia, something like that. I'll figure it out. Maybe a jersey. We'll probably do a jersey. I'll give you an Eagles jersey if you're choosing. If you give me the best reason, I don't care who you pick. You can pick Johnny. You can pick me. Definitely Johnny, pick Connor. You should definitely I, pick. I was picking this. Pick Connor. I'm telling this. <laughs> You're gonna get so many more tweets now. That's that's your I mean, way of getting a ton of tweets. Saying, "I see you, I see you." I'll, no, I I don't need you to pick me. I just want I want the re. I don't care about who they pick. I want the reasoning. I need the reasoning to be to convince me enough for them to win the jersey. And whoever you or me gets the most votes has to buy the other one a twelve pack. Love it, love it. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah, Even though I'm okay, I'm sort of online order of choosing. 
Ooh. Ooh, okay. Okay. I like it. All right. So say your top ten. You haven't said it to round it off. I've done mine. Number number one, Karsten Wentz. Obviously. Number two, Fletcher Cox. Number three, Jason Kelsey. Number four, Brandon Graham. Number five, Darius Slay. Number six, Lane Johnson. Number seven, Zach Ertz. Number eight, Rodney McLeod. Number nine, Miles Sanders. And number 10, Deshaun Jackson. You know, just to end it real quick, I know Dallas Goddard is definitely a better player than Rodney McLeod for sure, talent for talent-wise. But I think Rodney McLeod's underrated, man. I I don't think he does anything that, like, jumps off of the screen at you that says, wow, that's, that's like an elite safety or that's a great safety play. But he's a consistent starter. He is a consistent starter, and he doesn't give you below average safety play. He gives you above average safety play day in and day out. And I think I think the single high safety job is a lot harder than everybody wants to give them credit for, too. I, I, I think he plays at a great level for them. I think uh, it's so tough I, to admit. Sorry, I was going to say, where I agree with you is I think McLeod looked worse last year because the secondary looked terrible. I think it that did, made... but he was coming off the ACL injury too, man. Yeah, he, yeah, he had to cover so much field, and I don't think his I don't think his legs were up to the task. I think they are now, but it's going to be tough for me to admit, and a lot of people are going to disagree. Some people might not, just because I think of where the where they're at position wise and what what they did to replace uh, Malcolm Jenkins' role. They made the right move bringing Matt McLeod over Jenkins. I would prefer to have Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, I think Malcolm Jenkins is the better player, but. For the specific role, you cannot get – if they would have said kept Jenkins and tried to replace McLeod, I don't think you can get a single high safety as easily as you can get a box safety. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you, but I can see the reasoning. I can see the reasoning. Uh, I think you like McLeod more as a player than me. I think I am slightly lower, and I probably am overrating last year because I think he's been better, and I probably don't take into effect the ACL as much. Um, he's been better in the past, so, yeah. Uh, we'll see. I do have McLeod High on my next list. So next Monday, whenever this is, uh, we'll record probably the next list at some point before then. Uh, he is higher up. Don't worry. He's not too low. Don't, don't, don't panic just yet. I'm just, No, I'm glad he made your list. That's all I care about. But All right, guys. So, again, the contest is you tell us who you think has the best list. We're going to do 1 to 10. I'll do, And I'll do it for – so it's going to be two jersey giveaways. 1 to 10, you tell us who had the best 1 to 10, and you say – Johnny had it for this reason, or Connor had it for this reason. Well, Johnny and I will discuss who gave us the best reasoning, and then they win a jersey. And then we'll do again for the next episode, eleven through twenty. We'll do the same thing. You tell us who gives us who had the best list then, and we'll give them a jersey. And then Johnny, you're gonna be buying me some beer. All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I reckon. Right. I think most people will vote similar with this one. I think the next ten. Will. Yeah, I think I think the next time will change for sure. Yeah, I I think this this yeah. list is too much similar, but there were some yeah. changes that I think I'm some people could and check that. Now there's now there's beers on the line. I'm I'm gonna go when second we get off this call. I'm studying this te- next ten list. It's definitely gonna move around before we record. Maybe, it maybe might that... for me. To... Anything can happen though. Injuries could happen. That Brandon okay. Brooks injury came out of nowhere. I go for a crowd please or at number eleven just to win. I got to try and oh. think. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not going to predict what fans know. I'm not. I don't anyway. think I'm going to change my list unless there's an injury, though, because I oh, yeah, I talked myself way too into my list. I haven't got Matt Pryor in there. I'm spoiling it, and now I'm like, could you fit Matt Pryor? Uh no comment. Oh, there no we go. I'm not trying I'm... to give away the next. Uh, no comment. I'm going to sit here for like an hour, just moving my 11 to 20. It'll probably end up the exact same way it was at the start, but now I, yeah, I need to have a look now. I've got to think. Oh, yeah, I'm in. Now, Jack, 
Now I'm going to have to put Jack Driscoll in there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in. Five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts are greatly appreciated. Uh, Your feedback is also appreciated. Questions for the show, we might answer them on air, so go ahead and shoot us them. At JohnnyPage9, at Connor Miles NFL. We greatly appreciate you guys tuning in. Check out next Mondays for 11 to 20. Johnny and I are very excited now, especially because, like you said, beer is on the line. Thank you guys for tuning in. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.